Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. Federal law prohibits foreign nationals, except holders of permanent resident or green card status, from making political contributions in federal elections. But foreign billionaires are free to spend whatever they like on buying news organizations or donations to advocacy groups that otherwise influence American public policy. And that brings us to Swiss billionaire Hans-Jörg Wies, the major environmentalist donor who just dropped a bid to buy the Chicago Tribune and turn the paper into a clone of the Washington Post, namely another national-level national liberal propaganda outlet. But a funny thing happened on the way to a Midwestern resistance media. The New York Times exposed Wies' agenda, and he dropped his bid for the Tribune. Joining me to discuss Wies, the Bruhaha, and Wies' other projects is my colleague Hayden Ludwig. Uh, hi, Hayden, and welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be with you, Mike. So, uh, Hans-Jörg Wies, what's his backstory? What's, how did he make his money? Where is he from? What's, what's going on here? So Wies uh, was born in Switzerland, and to anybody's knowledge, and that includes the New York Times, which directly asked him, he's a Swiss citizen, not an American citizen. And that matters because when Wies is weighing into U.S. politics, that should raise red flags with the same crowd that worried about Russians interfering in the 2016 and then again the 2020 elections. So, so he's a billionaire who made his money in a company called Synths USA. It's a medical and um, biomedical tech firm that basically provides things like implants to the medical industry. And and I, I my understanding is that his tenure as an executive was somewhat controversial. Yeah, he got in trouble um, about ten years back when it was discovered that since USA had, in a nutshell, ignored FDA, Food and Drug Administration. Uh, warnings about using a particular kind of medical product. This medical product, as I understand it, what it, what it basically does is it acts as a bone growth um, synthesizer or something. So you yeah, inject it, like, it into- Yeah, like fused, it was fusing spines or something for medical purposes. Yeah, and the product has its uses, but using it on spines is not one of them. And yeah, these reportedly, allegedly gave the go-ahead to use this on uh, multiple subjects without go undergoing proper clinical trials and five people died as a result. And he managed to wiggle his way out. Nobody's really quite sure. Uh, officially, he did not give the order, four other executives did, but he's been accused of being the guy who all but bullied the company into doing this. So it's really, it's a, it's a shady background. Mm -hmm. And then uh, obviously he's been involved in sort of liberal philanthropy. Is that what, where, what, is, what are his issues? What, is, what are his activities? The biggest way he moves his money is through the Wies Foundation, which is located in D.C. Uh, the Wies Foundation spends uh, hundreds of millions of dollars each year. Its net assets are in about $2.5 billion last time I checked. And it's most famous for funding environmental causes. Wies himself uh, talked about when he came to the United States in the 1950s, how he fell in love with the Colorado Rocky Mountains reminded him of the Swiss Alps. Basically, ever since then, he's funded everything from moderate conservation, you know, animal conservation organizations, all the way to pretty extreme climate change related organizations on the far left. Mm -hmm. And then part, part of his, his advocacy has also been uh, involvement in liberal media projects, right? 
Yeah, so that's what most recently happened. You alluded to him buying the Chicago Tribune. Actually, Try, trying, to a, buy, trying to buy. <laughs> yeah, and really it was the parent company which owns a fleet of newspapers of which the Tribune is probably the most famous, but they but these things cover the entire country. Like Baltimore Sun's one of them. A lot of names people would know. But Visa's foundation actually funded um, a, a different kind of, we'll call it a fake news project. It was uh, an, ideolo- an ideological, an ideological news project. Like it, it, like newsroom network, states newsroom. They they do reporting. They're not, you know, they're not sitting in a, you know, Macedonian, Macedonian bunker, you know, making up stories. But you know, they're reporting on state houses and on local policy with a strong ideological bent. Yeah, I'd say it's even more obvious than some of the, the national papers. But you may, you named it State's Newsroom, formerly the Newsroom Network. Uh, this got a million-dollar grant some years back from Visa's foundation. What's interesting about this group, of course, is that it itself, State's Newsroom, comes out of the $731 million dark money network that we track called Arabella Advisors. It's now an independent organization, but it has its roots in basically professional left-wing activism. So this isn't the first time he's dealt with some kind of, we'll call it partisan news organizations. <laughs> um, and now where does, the, where does the hub project come in? Yeah, so part of the thing that uh, the New York Times covered in that piece by Ken Vogel a couple weeks ago um, is how Vice, we understand, basically created and funded this thing called the Hub Project, which has a name that's as vague as it, it should be, basically, to bypass any kind of media scrutiny. So the Hub Project is a really two different groups that work as sister organizations, and they're located at Arabella Advisors, this big dark money network that basically fronts activist organizations just just briefly for the i mean i know we've covered arabella advisors and a lot of the arabella advisors related uh entities on the podcast before but if you could just do a quick you know couple minute like what is arabella advisors for those who might not know well this is a washington dc based consulting company but it owns, or rather it manages, I should say, four nonprofits that all share its Washington, D.C. address. It uses its staff. It has leadership on the board of these nonprofits. They're, they're basically very closely related. And each of these nonprofits, in turn, basically forms two roles. They move huge amounts of money, primarily from big foundations like Vise. Vise, in fact, has given uh, in the ballpark of about fifty-seven million dollars through his foundation to this. Network. But it's and it's and it's sort of all the big liberal foundations throw their money into Ford, Gates, Buffett, Hewlett, Open you Society, name Open Society, Open Society. Yeah, that's George Soros, of course. But the other main function that it provides is these nonprofits sponsor about three hundred and fifties. We've counted what we call pop-up groups. And these are basically just fake activist groups. They're websites that are designed to look like they're a, you know, a 350.org or a Center for American Progress. But in reality, they're just fronts for these other nonprofits whose names usually don't grace these websites. So the idea so being- it's like, So it's like, you know, North Carolinians for affordable healthcare or something along those, something along those lines that's actually, you know, just a P.O. box in Raleigh that is a front for- for this entity in Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's exactly it, which actually brings us neatly into the Hub Project, because the Hub Project is one of these pop-up groups. It's run by Arabella's in-house lobbying arm called the 1630 Fund, 
And it actually, North Carolinian, Carolinians for a Fair Economy is one of its own front groups. So the way that this basically works is you've got a pop-up group whose entire job is to provide a messaging strategy for both Democratic campaigns and for left-wing groups or left-leaning groups ahead of the 2020 election. And this is all run from D.C., but the idea is they can they can basically provide layers of these front groups with generic sounding or euphemistic names like North Carolinians for a fair economy or Iowans for a healthy economy, whatever, really generic mm. names. But this is all basically goes back to one office in Washington run by professional activists and funded by guys like Hans Wies. Who other than, we do we know? That. Do we know anybody other than Weiss uh, who is involved? You know, who's involved in this, or is is well, it? The problem is, is because these are these are fronts. They don't file their own IRS form nine ninety reports. They don't have budgets that are publicly available or anything like that. So it's impossible to track specific donors. The reason we even know about Weiss is because of a um, an internal document from twenty fifteen, right before this hub project appeared. That was basically a uh, produced by a consulting firm for the Wies Foundation. And what this thing provided is it, it outlines the Hub Project's entire existence, uh, reason for existence, providing messaging for lefty groups in order to elect Democrats and effect policy change. And the reason why they wanted to go with a group like Arabella is because foundations are barred from that, very strictly barred mm -hmm. from doing that sort of lobbying and or election involvement. So they chose an outside group that could basically front all of this effort, but they're very explicit that Wies Foundation um, members would basically provide um, oversight on an advisory board to this hub project whose leadership would provide quarterly updates to the foundation. And in fact, the foundation itself and its advocacy arm provided millions of dollars to Arabella to fund these projects. Mm-hmm. So, and then how does that then manifest itself in, you know, in the public debate? You know, right? Do, do we well, do we know? I mean, or is that all part of the dark part of the darkness of the Arabella network? Well, it is. We don't know one hundred percent, of course, because it is part of the darkness. Um, part of it has to do with sixteen thirty fund, the, the master overseeing this whole operation, which really moves money, actually. Um, you know, you spending money on electioneering communication. And 16, 1630 is one of those 501c4, quote unquote, social welfare lobbying and electoral advocacy groups that, again, whenever people on the right do it, you know, the the issue ones and the accountable US and the uh, represent.us are all, you know, banging on the table, calling it dark money, dark money, dark money. How dare they? Yeah. And it's just lobbying when they do it. It's free speech when they do it. Yeah, right, 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 of course. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, we do know that that the 1630 Fund spent money basically electioneering for Biden and various Democrats running for Senate uh, and against Trump and those Republicans under some of the brand names like, like, like North Carolinians for X, Y, and Z or Nevadans for X, Y, and Z. We do know that, but we also don't know how far the money trail goes because it's so nebulous. Which is really, honestly, probably the reason they chose to do it this way. It's, it, it makes it, um, there's a lot of dead ends that show up when you try and follow this money trail. Mm -hmm. um, so then this brings us, I guess, full circle then to the unsuccessful bid for Tribune Company. That here is Vise, uh, 
who, again, so far as anyone can tell, is neither a U.S. citizen nor a permanent resident. He, I, I remember reading back in 2014 that he bragged that he wasn't, although he, you know, may have changed his status in the intervening time. He wouldn't, his people wouldn't say to to Ken Vogel at the Times. Um, uh, you know, deeply involved in advocacy and lobbying in in American uh, public policy. Uh, he has made presumptively improper campaign contributions a couple decades ago. And, you know, then he's bidding for, for a media company. Yeah. Yeah. Basically this is, that's it in a nutshell. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting because this is, this is a guy who, you know, in a lot of ways is a prime example of foreign influencers trying to affect political outcomes in this country. I mean, no conspiracy theories. This is something now liberals and conservatives can both look at and say, okay, that's, that's probably not what we want actually, you know, in this, in this country. But the, the, the thing that should raise red well, flags. And if you're going to, and if you're going to do what he does, you know, again, he's lived in America a long time. If you want to own up and get a green card, you want to own up and take the oath of citizenship. You know that's your that's your decision that in, that grants you certain public and civic rights. But if you're not going to do that, that has consequences. Yeah, I don't think anybody would complain if if the former was the case. And I find a lot of irony too in the in the reason that Vice gave that he withdrew his hundred million dollar bid to buy the parent of the Chicago Tribune is because he did the math, reexamined it, and after doing his due diligence, realized it was a failing paper. Well, yeah, that's why it was on the market to begin with. <laughs> Right. I mean, and that's why, and that's why I mean, it was reported. I think NPR reported that now the leading bidder is a, is a, um, some venture, uh, not venture capital, uh, private equity firm that may part, you know, may basically, you know, strip it for parts, you know, yeah. uh, the, 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 especially now that the sort of the, the wave of obviously when, you know, when Trump was in office, all the resist you know, all the resistance activists needed their sort of daily Joe, you know, their, their daily hit of hit of, you know, whether it was, you know, Russiagate, Russiagate spin or, oh my God, this is the horrible thing the Trump administration is doing, or look at what, you know, look at this glorious, you know, democratic candidate who's going to bring balance to the force or whatever, you know, now that that energy is kind of dissipated, again, you wonder how are any of these places going to make it? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be the resistance when you're in the cockpit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you you can't be you can't be against the man when you are in fact the man. <laughs> uh, all right, Hayden. So, do you have any uh, any other like projects that you're working on that you'd like to promote, or anything you'd like to tease for our listeners coming out in the next you know few weeks or months? Well, actually, we do have a long report, an in-depth report, um, following on what the New York Times discovered and adding our own insights about this whole thing with Visa's long-standing involvement in the Arabella network that goes back to more or less its founding and actually how some of his top lieutenants probably got their start alongside the Arabella network founder, Eric Kessler in the and Clinton Kessler, administration. Yeah, Kessler was a Clinton administration figure, yeah? Yeah, that's right. I'll give you the, the the short of it is that he and Molly McCusick, who is the top lieutenant to the Wies Foundation, on many of the same boards as Hans-Jörg Wies, uh, both served in the Clinton administration's Department of the Interior under Interior Secretary Bruce Babbitt. And in fact, the Wies Foundation's 
former president before McCusick became president was uh, that basically the solicitor general for the interior department. I mean, pretty fascinating mm-hmm. uh, inside baseball kind of connections. Yeah, this is sort of that this is basically the Clinton administration Department of the Interior in exile. Yeah, exactly. It's everything everybody hates about Beltway politics uh, in a nutshell. <laughs> I, 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 I believe in a, a prominent pol- political figure once called it the swamp. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you again for joining us, Hayden. That is our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>